welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm going to talk to you about my exciting recent trip to Ukraine today. It's been a little while since I've been back, and so I really wanted to record this episode while things are still rather fresh in my head and in my heart because there's some really important things that I took away from my trip that I feel like could be helpful and useful in the lives of some of you. And if not, just enjoy the um, tale of a little girl from Minnesota crossing the ocean all by herself because <laughs> it was um it was an interesting experience for me um so a little history i came to miami beach in october of last year october of 2020 and um i live right here on the beach and i started miami beach boot camp and one of the first people that i met um is my friend yulia and she came to the workouts very faithfully consistently she has a little baby Maya, if you follow me on Instagram um, or you follow our beach boot camp website, you see pictures of Maya. She's our little beach boot camp baby. Um, But she was my first friend here. She's the first person who said, hey, do you want to go get coffee? And I said, yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I do. And so um, we would go to coffee. Um, She invited me into her home. Um, Her husband, I didn't meet her husband right away. But one day we went to coffee and she was telling me a little bit about, you know, her life and her history. And she moved here from Ukraine. She's really, Yulia's incredibly smart. She's a really strong woman. She has so many traits that I really wish that came naturally to me, but that I'm trying hard to develop. And so I'm in awe of her in so many ways. Um... She's just a really strong, smart, determined woman. And there's nothing that you could bring up to her that she wouldn't assume that she could figure out. That's just the way it is. And so when she was telling me about having met her husband, Jeremy, she met him when he was in Ukraine. And um, she told me their love story. And then she told me about his childhood. And when she was describing him... She she spoke of him with such respect and fervor and passion and pride. Um, he had a, a childhood that had some really difficult um, circumstances and he had to make a decision in his life to go one way or go the other. One was a path that was leading nowhere good and no one would have really blamed him. He was kind of a, one of those kids that nobody would have thought twice if he'd taken that path. But he decided to turn it around, and he did really amazing things. And when she was telling me about him, I was just, I felt such respect for this person I never met. Um, I just felt incredibly proud of him. And I just thought, wow, for this man to have a wife who speaks of him this way, what a beautiful gift. And what a beautiful gift that this woman sitting in front of me has a man that she respects so much as her husband. It was just beautiful to me. And I just, I wanted to meet her husband. She, she made him, um, she made him incredibly real and powerful. And I just, it, it made me love her. It made me love him sight unseen. And it made me feel 
incredibly privileged to be a part of her world. That's just, and that's just how she is. Um, and so a little, uh, it was in March. So a few months after, you know, I'd been here and we got to be pretty good friends. Um, she told me they were going to have a wedding in Ukraine. So they've already been married three years, um, but they had always intended on going back to Ukraine and having a celebration there with her family. But because of COVID and other things, it wasn't possible. And so finally they said, you know what, we're going to do it. So she sent me an invitation and she said, I sent you the invitation. And I said, I'm going because I say yes to everything. And she said, really? I said, yes, I want to go. I want to go to Ukraine, I want to go be a part of your wedding. Whenever else am I going to have an opportunity to go to Ukraine with an invitation? And I, I say yes to everything. That's the magic of where I live right now. There's magic here. Every time I say yes to something that I feel compelled to say yes to, it just works out. So since March, I plan to go to Ukraine and I plan to go with uh, my friend, my universe brother, uh, Oscar here. And um, really, really excited to take a week in July and go to Ukraine. And everyone that I spoke to said, oh my goodness, Ukraine in the summer is just spectacular. You're going to love it so much. So I said, all right, I've never been anywhere. I, I, I've i been to Israel. I went to Israel when I was in college. So I was, I turned 19 when I was over in Israel. So that's how long ago it was, 20, I guess almost 25 years ago. 20, I don't know, whatever, I can't do math, is a long time ago. So long ago that I don't really remember a lot of the experience. So this trip to Ukraine felt like the first time that I was leaving the U.S. because really as an adult, it is. And um, yeah, I've been to Mexico for vacation and stuff that doesn't really count as being a world traveler, but um, just so excited. And so when Oscar said that he was coming, I was relieved because Oscar's traveled the world and it was just so comforting to think of going on a trip like this, not alone. Um, I travel alone a lot. I love to travel alone. I prefer, honestly, to travel alone because um, I'm just an independent, <laughs> selfish control freak, baby. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I'm not mad about that. Um, anyway... So Oscar and I were going to go, and so we planned it out, and I would have liked to take a longer chunk of time, but it's just hard for me to be gone for a long chunk of time, A, because I don't like to be gone for a long time, and B, um, working on the weekends at the spa and then running the boot camp, just it's hard to be gone for a long time. So I'm like, well, a week or so is better than nothing. So the the year went really fast, and all of a sudden it was time to go. And I, of course, um, put everything, all the planning and stuff kind of to the last minute because I had a lot of things going on and because that's just how also I operate. I'm a procrastinator. Um, but the week before the trip, um, I had people here. I had a lot going on and I didn't really focus on what was going on. But the plan was that Oscar was going to go um, to Europe and spend a few days um, ahead of the trip and then meet me in Kiev at the airport when I arrived, stay overnight in Kiev, and then take the train out to where the wedding was, which is in a town called Poltava, which is about three hours by train from Kiev, which is where I flew into. And so the lovely thing is, um, Yulia has a friend I've met um, who lives in Washington, D.C., who was happened to book the same flight um, for my layover. So I flew from Miami to Istanbul, and then I met Daria there at the Istanbul airport 
and then we were going to travel the last little leg into Kiev. So it was so great to know. All I had to do was get on a plane in Miami, and when I got off the plane in Istanbul, I'd have someone there that I knew to travel the rest of the way with me to Kiev, and then meet Oscar, and have Oscar to ride with on the train to the wedding. So I didn't have to do all of this international travel for the first time by myself. So it was very comforting and very exciting. But leading up to the wedding, I, I texted uh, Oscar the Sunday before the wedding and said, hey, how's Italy? Because he was leaving and he was going to go to Italy. And he said, oh, I didn't go. I'm just going to um, just I cut that part of my trip off. And so I'm leaving the same day that you are not on the same flight, but I'll meet you in the airport in Kiev. And I said, oh, OK. All right. So. Um, went about my business the day it was time to leave. I texted Oscar in the morning and I said, Hey, what time are you going to the airport? And he said, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not going. And I was like, uh, excuse me. What, what did you just say? Um, so long story short, uh, Oscar wasn't going. So I had a flight booked for 9 PM and now all of a sudden I'm traveling across the world by myself. So, um, really hard for me to just switch my brain, but, and I wanted to stay home. Like, you know what? I just want to stay home. This is so out of my comfort zone. I'm just a Minnesota girl. I don't know anything. I want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Um, I also found out that, um, all of the guests at the wedding were supposed to wear, um, pink or beige. And um, there was a change in plans so that there wasn't a dress there at the wedding for me as previously um, had been planned on. So I had no dress to bring with me that matched. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to stand out, but I don't have time to go shopping. So it is what it is. <laughs> so off I go to the airport by myself with a black dress to wear to a pink wedding and said, you know what? It is what it is. So... Um, luckily, uh, the whole trip was ordained of the universe and I had no idea that I was off on an adventure that was going to be incredibly life-changing for me. So went to the airport, um, got on my flight from Miami to Istanbul and I didn't want to like eat on a crazy diet, but I also wanted to make sure I had food with me that supported my you know, my nutrition. I, I, I like to eat clean and healthy. And when I travel, it's important that I don't have binge events because I'm a binge eater and I have food rules. So my food rules for this trip included not having sugar and junk food and that I would um, choose a lot of protein because that would keep me full. It would keep my blood sugar regulated and it would avoid, I mean, I, I'm a binge eater. And when I travel, I really tend to be a binge eater. So here's me getting on the airplane with my backpack and a ton of food. You know, I'm going to be on this plane for 12 hours. So I had jerky and I had chicken. I had celery. I had, I mean, I had so much food because I'm like, I'm going to be captive for 12 hours with just water. And, you know, I know they do beverage services on airplanes. So I'll have some, maybe some coffee and some Diet Coke. But, you know, it's a long time not to eat. I didn't know they gave you food on international flights. So I get on the plane, I paid extra for an extra exit row, which was a, like the best money I ever spent. And um, there was no one in the middle seat. And so I had all this space. So I'm sitting there getting situated and they come around and give me this little bag and I open it and there's 
slippers in it and an eye mask and socks and a toothbrush and all this free stuff. I'm like, this is so cool. They're so nice. Turkish Airlines, man. I I was like, well, I'm not in first class and I get all this free stuff. And then they brought me a blankie. It was so cool. So get all situated and it was a 9 p.m. flight. So I'm like, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to get some sleep. And um, so I get all snuggled in and and then a little while later, they turn all the lights on and they come around and hand everybody a menu. And I'm like, oh, I'm not, I did not plan on spending money. I wonder how much they get on an airplane for food. Like this is probably ridiculous. There was no prices listed and I just kind of put it aside that I'll just keep sleeping. I don't need to eat. And I have, you know, my jerky with me. So pretty soon here comes the the flight attendants with the cart and saying to me, uh, you know, do you want chicken or fish? And I was like, oh, no, no, nothing for me. Um, I, don't have a, I said, a credit card? Because then I thought, well, maybe I'll just buy something because they're standing here. And he said, no, no, no. And, and then I realized he was giving one to everyone. I'm like, this is free food. They're giving me free food. So then I look at the menu. I'm like, oh, um, I will have the chicken. This is so red. He goes, oh, we're out of chicken. How about beef? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I got a meal. And there was protein. And there was a little salad. And I followed my food rules. I did not eat the dessert. I did not eat the bread. But I drank the little... The water was like in... um, You know how you get like Musselman's applesauce in those little pouches where you peel the foil off? That's what the water was in. And I realize some of you are probably laughing at me because you traveled internationally. I have never done this. And it was so much fun. It's free food. Anytime they give you free food somewhere, I'm always like, why are you so nice? So um, I ate that and it was so fun. And then they brought these little hot towels. So you could clean up. I was just beside myself. I'm like, it's. I feel like I'm at like my grandma's house. And the crew, they were so loving. They weren't just nice. They just, they, they treated me and everyone with just, it was almost like they just loved us. I don't know. I've never experienced anything like that flying domestically. I've flown a lot this year. I've done a ton of traveling because um, flights have been so cheap and I, you know, do not have COVID fear. And they basically just have a mask on and gloves and they throw some peanuts at you across the plane. Like, here, Scourge, here's a snack. You know, shove it under your mask. Don't chew. Don't open your mouth. And then, like, on Southwest, they don't even ask you what you want. They come over with a sign. You point to the beverage you want. They don't even talk to you. They don't want you to move anything. So, basically, they're like, contaminated human, would you like some sustenance so you don't die on our watch? And then I get on Turkish Airlines. They're like, hello. What would you like? I almost expected a little pat on the head. So, and then, uh, anyway, so, ate my dinner. Took a little sleepy sleep with my little mask on. My blankie. It was so cozy. And then, um, I was hungry when I got up to, uh, in the middle of the night to use the restroom. And they just had this little stand with sandwiches and they were making coffee and, I didn't have anything, but I just thought it was so nice. So anyway, the whole airplane experience was just the best. And then, you know, in the morning before we landed, they came around. We got breakfast, got eggs. I'm like, I can eat this stuff. This is a balanced meal. It was just awesome. So, okay, I'm going to be done talking about the food. Anyway, so got to Istanbul, got off the 
the plane and I, it's, it's so hard to articulate what it felt like for me. Um, instantly it occurred to me that I had no idea about the world because I got on an airplane in Miami in the United States of America and the doors closed. And when those same doors opened, I was across the world in a different place with different language, different dress code, different culture, different currency, different food. Everything was completely foreign and amazing. Amazing. The people, the, the, the color of their skin, the color of their eyes, the way they moved. I went to a coffee stand right away and just everything was different and exotic and perfect. And I just, I have to do this all the time. It was magical. And um, I always say I'm like Elf from the movie Elf because... That's how I feel in the world every day. Just like, whoa, you know, that movie Elf left the North Pole and went to New York City and he was blown away. I feel like that so often in life because I was raised so sheltered and I'm 43. You think I'd be numb, but I'm not. I'm still finding interesting, amazing, beautiful things in the world that I didn't see growing up. So putting me across the country or across the world like this, it was what I experience a lot here in the U.S. Um, times a billion and I only had a couple of hours in the airport um, and I just walked around and I got Turkish coffee because that's like what they do there. It's turkey. Um, it was gross. I didn't like it. It, ha- it it was fine, but there was these spices in it that just I didn't like. Um, so I, luckily they had a Starbucks in the airport. So I got Starbucks coffee, which is, I know it's a shame, whatever. But I did get the Turkish coffee when in Rome, right? Um, and I didn't like it. So, um, so then Daria, um, Yulia's friend who I had met, um, and I actually kept in close touch with her on Instagram. She's just a peach. Um, she met me there in the airport and that was so, so great to see a familiar face and then to not have to take the rest of the trip alone was just so lovely. Um, so connected with her, got into our next flight. Um, as soon as we were all boarded, they got us off the plane cause something was wrong with the plane and moved us to a different plane. So that was interesting, but you know, whatever, you roll with it. You're just grateful they found out there was a mechanical failure before you took off. It's like, thank you. You guys are amazing. So got on the next flight, flew into Kiev. Um, I had done a little reading about Ukraine, just a tiny little bit. Otherwise, it's shameful how little I looked into it. Um, And it said something about how women in Ukraine shouldn't smile a lot because if you smile a lot, people think that you're um, either like a prostitute or they just don't trust you. And I thought that was weird. I'm like, I'm screwed because I smile a lot. Just like Elf, smiling is my favorite. Um, And so I kind of made a joke of that with Daria. I'm like, we must not smile. But Daria is from Poltava, the town where the wedding is, was. And so, you know, she she said, you know, it's it's not, you can smile. But she's like, you'll understand, like, life is just different. There's not a lot to smile about. Life is harder. Um, it's it's different. People don't walk around grinning and, unless there's something to really smile about. And I thought that was really interesting. And, um, you know, I, I took that to heart. Um, but we got to Kiev and 
Daria immediately took a bus from Kiev to Poltava, but because I had planned to stay um, in Kiev and meet Oscar, I had a hotel in Kiev by the train station so that I could meet Oscar and we could take the train the next day from Kiev to Poltava. So I could have just got on the bus. In hindsight, I should have just got on the bus. But no, I had this hotel reservation and I had train tickets for the next morning. So say goodbye to Daria. I said I got this. I ordered an Uber. I waited an hour for the Uber. The Ubers would come and they'd say that they were here and I did not see them. They were not coming where I was. Um, they did not speak English. I do not speak Ukrainian. Um, I was standing on the little square at the airport that said Uber and nobody came to that square. So Uber after herb, Uber said I have arrived and then would leave and I was getting more tired, more stressed, um, closer to tears because I'm like, all right, I'm alone in Kiev. I have no idea how to talk to anyone. Uh, I have to get to my hotel. I don't even know where it is. And so I'm, and I'm hungry again and I'm tired of protein bars. I was so hungry and I was so tired of, pro- of jerky and protein bars. Um, anyway, I saw a cab drive by and so I ran over, used my Google Translate on my phone and, you know, just showed the address to my hotel. My hotel was called Camelot, which was in Kiev near the train station. So I showed him that. He pushed some buttons on his phone, nodded, put my suitcase in his trunk, and I got in. I thought, okay, phew. So we're driving, and he was talking. Um, I couldn't understand anything he said, but he was pointing things out, showing me beautiful things, which I, I could nod. Um, but it was an hour taxi ride. So the roads are terrible, and this taxi cab was pretty old and terrible and so I got a free chiropractic adjustment on the way but um by the time we got to where my hotel was it was like 11 o'clock at night in Kiev time and I don't even know what time it was in U.S. time I'm not even gonna try to do that math right now but all of a sudden he pulls up to the side of this dark street there's nothing there and he said come a lot and I look out the window there's nothing there and I was like no hotel hotel take me he's a hotel camelot is a hotel and you know i i'm just figure if i just say the word enough he'll understand right which is horribly stupid of me but he's like camelot and he points out like get out and i started crying i was like no 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 hotel hotel and i showed him on my phone and he shrugged like all right i'm gonna show you there's nothing here and i pointed i wanted him to turn right and see if it was down this one street because I'm like, it's got to be down there. So he's like, you know, his body language was basically like, fine, I'll show you, whatever, we're there. So he turned down the corner, and at the end of this little alley was Camelot, the hotel. And he said, oh, and he smiled. And I was like, oh, thank God. I'm like, this man was not going to dump me on the side of a dark street in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh-uh. I was going to go home with that man, if anything else. So... He helped me get in there, so I went in, and the lady at the front desk was very nice, but she um, said, I thought you weren't coming. It's so late. I said, no, I'm here. I'm here, and where can I get food? And she said, uh, tomorrow breakfast. I'm like, no, 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 no. I need food now. Where is their food? Vending machines? Is there someplace that delivers? And she just, no. I said, okay, um, water? 
She said, oh, oh, water. In your room, there's a bottle of water. Because you can't drink the tap water there for some reason. I don't know why. I can't remember. Um, so I went up uh, to my room, up the stairs. And this hotel was called Camelot because it was medieval themed. So there's these big uh, suits of armor and... <laughs> these flags these medieval flags and it was so cool and it was super dark so I couldn't see all of it but went into my room my room was very inexpensive and I got in a room for both Oscar and me to share so I got in a big room and it was phenomenal the bathtub was the size of a swimming pool it had this big living room oh my gosh it was so great I spread out I I went online. I ordered some food from a local restaurant. I couldn't read any of the words, but I just ordered by picture. They never came because they didn't know what the heck was going on. And I ordered so much stuff. So that kind of sucked. So I did have protein bars for dinner, but got a good night's sleep. And in the morning when I woke up, um, I went downstairs and asked the front desk lady where I could find coffee. And she said, across the street, there's coffee. Well, across the street was a market. It was like a farmer's market. And it was the most magnificent morning of my entire life. And I am exaggerating, but I'm saying it was amazing. I'm walking rows and rows of stalls of the biggest berries I have ever seen. Blueberries, blackberries, strawberries, seeds and nuts and beautiful, fresh, amazing food from farmers in the wherever, I don't know, somewhere nearby. And then coffee stand after coffee stand. So here's me getting fresh ground brewed espresso and then getting buckets full of blueberries and eating this fresh fruit and nuts and I was absolutely beside myself it was the most delicious breakfast the most amazing eye candy I was like if my trip ended right now I would be happy this was worth everything to just be in this moment it was I had the best time and then I went back to my hotel room and I had breakfast because I had ordered breakfast the night before. And it was this beautiful breakfast. And I just thought, okay, everything is as it should be. And so I had this wonderful morning. And then I packed up. They got me a taxi to go to the train station. And Yulia had arranged for two of her friends who live in Kiev to take the train with Oscar and me out to the wedding site in Poltava. And so I went to the train station and... um it was super duper packed and I had to get coffee and so I'm an idiot. I have to have coffee. So I have my hand in a big old thing of coffee, all of my luggage and everything, trying to run through a train station to find a train. I can't read any signage. I can't talk to anybody. My phone starts ringing. It's Yulia. Did you find the girls? They're waiting for you. Text messages from numbers I don't know. It's the girls. Hi, it's we're, we're waiting for you. Is this Carol? We're waiting for Carol and Oscar. Are you here? We're on track 11. And I'm like, I can't stop and text them back. I'm freaking out now because the train is leaving in two minutes. But it's fine. I found them. Two of the lovely girls. One of them I had met before. The other I hadn't. And their first thing was, hi, Carol. They had my name wrong, which was really funny. Where's Oscar? I said, oh, Oscar's not here. Oh, well, when is he coming? Is he behind you? I'm like, no, he's not here. And they thought he was just like across town. Oh, the train is leaving. I'm like, no, no, Oscar didn't come. Oscar is in the United States. And they were like, what? You know, they had heard all these amazing things about Oscar and were excited to meet him. And, um, and Anna actually had met him once before. And I'm like, hi, I'm, he I'm here. Carol, Carol, I'm right here. Hi. 
Am I not enough? Let's freaking go. I'm terrified of missing this train. So I get on the train. I explain to them what happened, that Oscar didn't end up coming. Um, but it was so lovely. We had three hours to sit there. They had a little um, restaurant car on the train that had coffee. So I got to get coffee. And I had these girls who spoke Ukrainian who could translate. And um, they're amazing, smart, beautiful, well-traveled women. So I just had the best time girl time with these women on the train. It was so much fun. So, I mean, I hadn't even been gone 36 hours. I was having the time of my life. It was so great. And so what we decided to do is just draw a picture of Oscar and just bring it around like Oscar was with me. So um, I did that for a couple of days and then I then I got tired of carrying Oscar around. But So beautiful train ride, ended up in Poltava, which is an idyllic little town. Beautiful, beautiful little town. Um, where the wedding was. So got into town, decided to go look for a dress in pink. I found one. It was not the dress that I could possibly wear to a wedding. Um, but luckily, my dear sweet little friend Daria, who I had traveled with, said, oh, I couldn't decide what dress to wear. I brought two. You can wear the other one. So she saved my butt by having another pink dress. So it was too big and I did not feel good in it. Like, you know how you wear a piece of clothing and you just it doesn't feel good on your you don't feel good in it I didn't feel good in it I felt like my soul was dying it was just like I don't know I have this thing with clothes I often will put on 20 different things before I leave the house not because they look bad or there's anything wrong but my skin like feels like it's gonna explode in an outfit I don't know it's weird it's probably a little like disordered but this dress while it was the right color and all of that It was, I don't know, it was just not, it wasn't me. But instead of standing out like a sore thumb, like there's the girl who came in a black dress or a flowery dress that I had, um, it was much better that I wore the dress that blended in. So um, anyway, got settled in. Again, my hotel, the hotels there were absolutely stunning. The staff, again, it's not that they're nice. It's that they treat you like they love you. I mean, loving, sweet, look you in the eyes, smile at you genuinely, just talk to you like you were their long lost best friend. I don't know that I have ever experienced hospitality ever in my life from anyone except my grandma, the way that it felt everywhere that I went there. It blew me away. And I've been to some places like when I always say that about Mexico, Mexico, when I've gone to Mexico, the People there treat you like royalty. They're so sweet. They're so kind. They're always want to make sure that you're safe and happy and have everything that you need. I love traveling to Mexico for that reason. It's just the sweetest people. This actually surpassed that and I was shocked. It was amazing. So um, um, that night there was a little dinner with a lot of the people that came into Ukraine for the wedding. So I got to meet, some, again, some of the people I had met before in Miami you know, at events that I'd been invited to by the bride and groom. So that was nice to see a few familiar faces, but then also to meet some of the other people that traveled from around the world. Yulia and Jeremy know a lot of people from around the world. Jeremy has traveled a ton. Yulia has traveled a ton. And Yulia and Jeremy are amazing, amazing, beautiful souls. And so it was not surprising to meet the people in their life that care so much about them. They traveled around the world to come and celebrate the fact that, you know, they're already married for two years. They have a kid already, (laughs) three years. Um, But to just show up in Ukraine and celebrate their love and their, their union. And 
of course, amazing, beautiful people because that's who you attract when you're an amazing, beautiful human being. So dinner, we went to a, a Georgian restaurant. So it was like kebabs and I don't know, a lot of food that I didn't understand, but it was good. Um, but I was kind of crashing. It was a lot of new stuff for Kristen. Chrissy the elf <laughs> was a little overwhelmed um, and I, I, it was hard for me to process. And as I started to get to know these people, these are people that have done really big things successful entrepreneurs, successful business owners, successful, successful, wealthy, established world travelers, multiple languages, beautiful, sophisticated. I mean, you know, there wasn't any slackers amongst them. And I I started to shrink. Um, I started to have imposter syndrome. You know, I'm just a girl from Minnesota. Um, I, I, I run workouts on the beach. I'm a trainer. Um, I just started to really feel intimidated and unable to be myself. And it, I didn't like that feeling at all. It was really, really, really debilitating. So um, I left dinner. Um, I had a call that I needed to take. Uh, and so I walked back to my hotel and it was beautiful. It was a beautiful walk. And I had my call and just had some time alone, which was good to reset. But um, I was scared, to be very honest just a lot of fear of, you know, where am I and who am I amongst all these people? And, um, I didn't, I didn't mean to be here alone. And this feels very, I just didn't know how to handle myself. I felt very small and, um, got some sleep, which which helped. And in the morning I got up and I went for a run, which was, um, which was the call of the day. Poltava is a beautiful town and they have a lot of beautiful statues and architecture and they have an overlook that looks out over this big valley at a monastery and so I went for a run and I stopped and took photos along the way and so I got to see the town it was so lovely um and worked out in the gym and it and it was good so put on the dress that hurt my soul which you know everybody said it looked fine I mean it was a beautiful dress it just wasn't me um and then um my hair I had just gotten my hair cut I couldn't get my hair to look good And so here I am, I'm across the world, I'm going to a wedding that I traveled across the world for, and um, my hair looks like crap, and my dress is too big, and I don't feel like myself in it, and I'm going to go grab a bus with a bunch of amazing, awesome, world-traveling, sophisticated people to go to a wedding, and I was just, um, my heart and my soul was just, like, just, I don't know, squelched, and uh, intimidated, and shy, and... I just didn't, it was, I wanted to stay in my bed. I didn't want to go. I come all that way and I felt so intimidated. But um, luckily I got to the little van and I saw Daria, who was so sweet. Um, She really saved uh, my heart on that trip. She's just, she smiles and her whole face lights up. She was so kind to me, helped me with so much. So I kind of glommed onto her as my as my cane. <laughs> so we took the the bus to this resort where the wedding was. This beautiful countryside resort. Oh my goodness! Um, and the wedding was outside there, and there they were, the bride and groom, the wedding party. Absolutely stunning, classy, elegant, beautiful, and um, had a wonderful champagne toast, and then. Um, the wedding was set up so great. It was kind of in chunks. They didn't do traditional vows. They basically, um, all came down the aisle and, and all of that, but, you know, just 
had an MC that read, you know, how they met and that they have already committed their lives to each other. And um, they did exchange rings. And it was a beautiful, fun, happy celebration. Um, it was so beautiful. So that part was done. We went inside. They had this beautiful buffet. I think there was 40, 40 or 45 people there. I was at a table with all of the other people who spoke English and that had, um, you know, which was very kind. Um, so my girl Daria was there and the girls I had ridden the train with um, were there. And then um, a few other really interesting people um, from English speaking countries. So I sat next to Mohammed, who um, is originally from Egypt, um, spoke English, was very, very kind. He's a telecom uh, I don't know. He owns telecom companies, you know, total slacker, <laughs> just really, really amazing, accomplished, very sweet, kind business person. Um, but you know, insanely successful in life. And then, um, this couple Klaus and Anya who are absolutely delightful. Um, both, I think they're both from Germany. They live in Italy. Um, Klaus is very tall. And so of course I had to be smart and be like, has anybody ever told you you're tall? because I think I'm so funny, um, but just sweet, kind, wonderful people. So, but, you know, people were introduced to me as this is Yulia's trainer from the beach, which is true. I had run beach boot camp. And, um, and in a conversation with people that had just met me, there was, you know, questions like, so you run workouts on the beach? And they would try to make conversation with me about you know, exercise moves and things like that. And, I'm, I am a trainer, okay? It's not like I'm afraid, I'm ashamed of that, but that's not what I identify as, you know? I mean, I'm a, I'm a transformation coach. I want everybody that I meet, I, I want to get a hold of their heart and I want to show them who they are. Like, I, I want to change your life. If you meet me, I want to change your life. I want you to look at me and say, wow, I can do anything and because I convince you of your power. That's what I want. That is what I live for. And so it's like, yeah, this is my, um, this is Yulia's workout coach. It's like, yes, I am, but I uh, also, that's not all I do. And I just, I just felt like a tiny little insignificant idiot from the beach in Miami next to successful, powerful people. And I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to behave. I didn't feel like I had anything to offer. And so it, it was, it was really, really debilitating. Not enough to where I didn't have a good time. Don't get me wrong. It was wonderful. The food was amazing. They had it set up so we ha we sat down to a table with cured meats and salads and herring and a lot of traditional foods um, from Ukraine, which was all delicious, uh, amazing food. Yulia has cooked um, several times where I've gotten to eat at her table, and so I knew the food would be good if it was anything like what Yulia made. Um, so we had food, and then there was just some fun shenanigans. There was some trivia between the um, bride bridal party and the groomsmen and and then we would have a break and everybody could leave the reception area and go walk around it was a beautiful countryside um, resort and socialize outside and then come back in and they would have more entertainment and another course of food and um, so it ended up being an entire day of that kind of in and out so it was so great went all this way for a wedding I was so glad it wasn't just an hour and then a little reception they did an amazing job there were beautiful speeches. Um, Jeremy's a rapper. He's from Ohio, and he's a rapper, and he's super cool. And uh, Yulia's grandma translated one of his rap songs into Ukrainian, and then she rapped it. 
at the reception with a little hat on. It was so cool. It was my favorite part of the whole day. She was adorable and she got the whole room clapping and like rapping and it was so neat. There was so much love there. There was so much fun and so much love. And um, I just loved being a part of it and watching Yulia dance with her dad and you could just see they're having a conversation and she was so fervent and I don't know what she was saying but that woman is a powerful force of femininity, feminism, power, beauty. I, I don't know. I just was in awe of her the whole day. She looked beautiful, but I know her in the capacity here on the beach. I see her with her husband. I see her as a mom. I've heard her speak and she's incredibly educated. She's so smart and she's just, just watching her all day was such a beautiful gift in my life. I will never forget watching her dance with her dad, her stepdad. I, I, I She's also told me the story of her stepdad and her biological dad and the love in her family. And when she's described her love for her sister, she'll cry and just say, oh, I just miss her and I love her so much. And she's just this beautiful woman. And I felt so lucky to be sitting, watching and celebrating this love in their family. It was such a gift. And then when Jeremy and Yulia did their first dance, quote unquote, you know, they've been married for three years, but it was so beautiful. It was romantic and sensual and perfect. And then it was powerful. And I don't know, I just, it was so beautiful. It touched me so deeply. It made me, it made me believe in forever love again. You know, I've been dinged up a little bit in that department. Um, it just, it opened my heart just a little bit to the idea that, you know, it's maybe not all always temporary for everyone. So it was so beautiful. And it's just, the image is just so etched on my heart. And um, I'm just so lucky that I got to be there. So the day, uh, the day ended you know, cake, dessert, send off, all of that. We took a bus back um, into town to our hotel. Um, and I was so tired. And I was just so ashamed of myself for how I shrank. I just felt very like, man, I didn't even try to really show who I am. At the very end of the night, I had had a conversation with one of the bridesmaids husbands where I I talked to him in the capacity of a coach um, and I really felt like I kind of was able to harness who I am and really speak some life into him he was just a really great person he and his wife lovely couple and um, and I, I feel like I was able to show him a little bit of his power and that felt really good I felt like why why couldn't I have been in that space all day um, but the next day um, I got up and uh found the farmer's market in Poltava and then I was having so much fun that I ended up missing my bus uh, into Kiev and so uh, but I found the farmers and I found the fruit finding blueberries as big as your head is fun finding blackberries larger than your nose and they're just taste like Jesus candy oh my gosh so good but Daria had booked me my bus ticket and she was kind enough to call reschedule it so she was my savior so got to the bus station an hour early 
And um, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go across the street. There's a little store. I'm just going to go look and see what a grocery store is like here in Poltava. So I went into this grocery store. And um, it was so cool to look around at all of the stuff they have. I could, didn't know what a lot of it was. I couldn't read a lot of it. But I got some snacks for the bus ride because the bus ride was four hours into Kiev. And then um, uh, there was a, a lady in my building here in Miami. Her and her little girl were watching Riggin while I was gone. And so they had this aisle that was all candies. So it was like bulk wrapped candies. So I'm like, I'll just get an assortment of all of these different candies um, from Ukraine for little Chloe as a gift for watching rigs. And it'll be fun because they're all candy that obviously she would never, never have. So I grab a bag and I grab one or two of each of, I don't know, 20 different candies. I put them in the bag and grab some water and just grab a whole bunch of stuff. So I go to the front to pay and it's, there's two cashiers and they're manually entering everything. And there's a big line and you know, I don't speak a word English or I don't speak a word of their language. They don't speak any English and I get up there. I drop all my stuff. But by this time I figure, you know, hand gestures and stuff were doing me just fine. So she brings up my things and she gets to the bag of candy and she looks up at me and just says something I don't understand and shook her head with this like, no. And I just, I don't know, no English. And she sighed took the bag and walked away and I stood there and it was at least 10 minutes I'm standing there and the line is backing up everyone's staring at me yeah I'm wearing like a sports bra and workout shorts which I learned in Ukraine like there are fit women there but there aren't a lot of muscular women and compared to the other women that were standing around I was just like a like a hulk so here's this hulkish muscular chick you know where wearing a sports bra and workout pants standing there looking like an idiot in the grocery store and I was just like hi I had no idea what was going on so 10 minutes later she came back and the bag was covered in these little barcode stickers like covered covered and she grabs a little thing and beep 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 and scans each one I'm like oh my gosh it wasn't like bulk, you know, one price per pound. Every single candy had a different price. So she had taken this bag of like 50 different candies and weighed each one and made a little barcode for each candy and stuck it to the bag and then had to scan them all. And I did that. I made her do that. I was mortified, but also I was laughing so hard because literally I was like, beep, 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 beep. And each one was like, I don't know. In US, they were probably like 20 for a penny. But, um, and the whole line staring at me and they were all just like, oh, look at that idiot. It was really funny. Anyway. Um, oh, and then I forgot the bag of candy on the bus. So it never even got back to the US, but whatever. When I gave up gluten and sugar for the most part, the hardest thing has been getting used to not having baked goods as treats. But I found Smart Baking Company. And what's awesome about Smart Baking Company is they make gluten-free, sugar-free treats, but they're also low-calorie. It's not uncommon to find a gluten-free treat that's very high in calories, but you can eat two of Smart Baking Company's delicious lemon, raspberry, chocolate, or cinnamon cupcakes, two of them for only 76 calories. They're magicians there at Smart Baking Company. All their products are certified gluten-free through the National Celiac Association. They have zero net carbs, and the sweeteners that they use are monk fruit and erythritol. So you can feel good about eating these knowing they're not going to ruin your gut, 
They're not going to trip you up in the pursuit of your goals, and they're going to be that delicious treat that you've been missing out on. If you'd like to order, they have free shipping for some of their bundles. They ship right to your door. You put them in your freezer and then thaw them on your counter when you're ready to eat them for about half an hour, and they stay nice and fresh for you. So you can find them online at smartbakingco.com. And if you want a discount, you can use my code, destination underscore begin, for 10% off every time you order. So at the bus station, I was lined up waiting for the buses to come in. And sure enough, the bus comes in. I go to the back of the bus. I give you know my suitcase a big heave-ho and get in line, waiting for them to load it in. And I thought I should probably maybe confirm this is my bus. But it's so hard because nobody spoke any English. And I didn't have like a paper ticket. I just had something on my phone that Daria had shown me. So the lady in line behind me, I looked at her and I just said, Kiev? And she said, no. Oh, okay. So I get out of that line and I go around and there's another bus and the bus driver and people were getting on and I just, I went in front of everybody because I didn't care. I was terrified of missing my bus. And I went up to the driver. I said, Kiff. And he said, you know, nodded and he wanted to see my phone. So I showed him my phone and then he looked at something and he nodded and took my suitcase and he goes, airport. I'm like, oh crap. I don't know. Am I going to the airport? And I'm like, well, sure. <laughs> I know how to get around from the airport. I did it once before. So I got on the bus. The bus was really nice. Um, we were able to spread out. The guy came and sat next to me. And I used my Google Translate on my phone because he moved. He was supposed to, or he had a friend with him. And his friend was like in another spot. And so I Google Translated. I said, you know, I'll switch with your friend if he wants to come sit here. And uh, he read it. And then he just looked at me really funny and shook his head. And then when we got moving, he did move. So I don't know, maybe I said something wrong. But anyway, um, so rode the bus. It was lovely. And then we stopped and a whole bunch of people got off. And I was like, hmm, I wonder. And they went into this little shop. So I texted Daria. I said, we stopped and everybody went into this little shop. And she said, oh, yeah, that's halfway. That's the halfway point. You can get off and go in. They'll give you a free coffee. You can use the bathroom. We have about 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, sweet. So I went in to use the bathroom so (laughs) the bathrooms in most of the places are squatting toilets so it's a hole (laughs) it's a hole in the floor and then these little grippy spots that you stand on and you squat and you guys it's so hard for me I'm a neat person and but I had to go I had to potty and I just, um, I did, I cried a little bit. A tear came out and just, you know, it gets on your shoe and I don't understand. How do people do this? Like if you're dressed up and you have nice shoes on or something, it was whatever. It's fine. It's fine. Everything is washable and it's fine. But it was just, I am such a softy. I'm such a soft human being. I really, really, really got to buck up because that made me cry. Squatting to pee makes me cry. I'm a weak, soft, little weak person. <laughs> so got coffee. All of a sudden, I see the bus driver that had been in line in front of me go out the door. I'm like, oh, crap. So I run out. I go to get on the bus. And the bus driver said, no. I'm like, Do, uh, what? And he points to the right. I was about to get on the wrong bus. So twice in one day, I almost got on the wrong bus. I Luckily, that bus driver knew that I was the idiot from the other bus. 
Anyway, so I got back on my bus. All was fine. Dropped me off in Kiev. Went with no incident to my hotel, which again was amazing. Full of amazing, wonderful, beautiful, perfect people who treated me like I was Jesus. Uh, It was so great. So I didn't want to just go to bed because I was in Kiev. I stayed in the city center. So I changed and I went for a walk. I think it was like 10 o'clock at night. But I went for a walk and I found some coffee and I found some um, food at a little store. And I was so excited to be in, I was in Kiev, Ukraine, by myself. And so everybody else had spent that day, Sunday, at the resort where the wedding was, having a pool party. And um, they were sending pictures to the group chat of them at the pool party. And so I was starting to regret, regret, like, man, I maybe should have stayed in Poltava and enjoyed all of these people since I'm only here for a short amount of time. You know, and then then maybe I would have, like, shown, maybe they would have gotten to know me, too, instead of just thinking I'd just run around on the beach. Like, um, so I was feeling kind of bad about that. But I thought, you know, the reason I did this, the reason I went to Kiev by myself on Sunday was because I only had Monday to see anything in Ukraine because I flew home on Tuesday morning. So getting into Kiev Sunday night meant that I had all day on Monday to sightsee, one day to see as much as I could. So um, went to bed, got up, uh, not as early as I'd liked, but it's like, all right, I stayed in an area strategically near all of the you know top 10 places to see in Kiev. So I set out in the morning... And I start walking down the street and I see on my map, I just followed my Google Maps where it showed the little camera icon, which indicates that there's a highly photographed sightseeing spot there. So I went to the first one and it was the Golden Gate. And I walk up and it's basically a replica of the gate to the city. And it's just astonishingly beautiful. So I stop, I'm taking pictures, I'm taking videos. Uh, I'm just like, whoa. So get my fill of that. Cross the street, look up. The building in front of me is the most beautiful architecture. It's from a storybook. It's row after row of beautiful architecture and colors. All the buildings there are different colors. Pastel colors are so pretty. So I stop. I'm taking pictures. I'm taking videos. And an hour and a half goes by, and I've gone four blocks. I'm like, all right. I'm not going to get anywhere if I don't stop uh, stopping. So... The next thing um, that was close was this bell tower. Um, And so I went to the bell tower. It was super cool. I climbed up to the top. I could see a lot of the places I was going to go. The next place I was going to was St. Sophia's Cathedral. So this was something that I had seen on Google when I looked up. Okay, I don't even know what's in Ukraine. What am I going to see? And I saw a picture of this cathedral and I went, "Oh, oh my gosh, this is the kind of stuff there. I'm so excited. So. I paid my admission. I went into the campus of this little area that had a whole bunch of um, cathedrals and monastery buildings and the bell tower. And um, I tootle over to St. Sophia's Cathedral, which is a cathedral that dates back to like a thousand, um, a thousand, it's like the 10th century, 11th century. How does that work? Let's see. If it was in the thousand, it would have been the eleventh century, right? If it was a thousand something, I don't. Know. I don't read placards because it's boring. Um, but it was this. It's this beautiful little. Again, it looks like from a storybook. It's green and gold and got these little puffy little turrets on it. And um, I walked in, and my entire world shifted. And I'm not exaggerating right now. Like what I'm about to tell you, I'm not using exaggerations. This was absolutely the world stopped 
my skin started tingling. I felt like I was burning with cold fire and the hairs on my body stood on end and I felt the most powerful presence. I don't know what it was. I call it the universe, but everything stopped and I walked in and the tears just fell out of my eyes uncontrolled I was just in awe of the feeling in that cathedral. It was so beautiful. There was, uh, there were just paintings of the saints and there was gold and the altar was ornate and they had, they showed you what the floor looked like, the original floor. They had a little piece covered in glass you could see and obviously it had been redone where, where everyone walked, but they had preserved some of that and I just walked in, it was quiet, and I just felt the power of that space that so many years ago people believed so fervently in their beliefs and they had this faith, this beautiful faith, so much so that they labored and invested time and money. I mean, it took so long to build this cathedral. Again, I don't know the details, I don't read things. But, you know, I can extrapolate. This is so ornate. The hearts and the souls that put this together, I felt them. And I was just walking in there just in awe of the beauty. And I just heard in my head and in my soul, speak. Look how beautiful this is. Look at how much belief and faith has been put into what you see. And then I heard this. If you knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. If you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. If you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. And it just repeated and I sobbed. And I just heard, What's inside of you is power and love. And the power that spurred all these people to build this thing you're standing in, even greater than that, beauty, wind, fire, life, love, passion, it's all inside of you. You are here for a purpose. You have a mission If you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. It was a period of time, I don't know how long I was in there, but I felt my soul and my heart come alive and be seen by me in a way that I've never encountered myself. Why did I shrink at that wedding? Why did I feel less than? Because I forgot What's inside of me? I, I didn't even know. I was thinking like, I'm a trainer on the beach. That's all I am. No, I'm full of the same power that gives life to humans, to the world, that, that feeds the waterfalls and sends the lightning across the sky. I have a mission as a human being. That's what's inside of me. Fire. Why would I shrink? If that's what's inside of me, why would I shrink? Why would I shrink? 
it was absolutely and the most powerful experience I've ever felt in my my heart, my soul. It was like I it's so hard to put it into words. And I walked around and, and I was finally ready to leave. I went to leave and the lady at the door said, Have you been upstairs? I said, No. She said, You should really go up there. Okay. I say yes to everything. And in this space, I'm not saying no to anything. So I went around the corner and up the stairs. And as I went up the stairs, that same feeling that I had felt down at the altar hit me 10 times as strongly. And my hands trembled and I just, the tears fell. And I just felt the power in my chest. If you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. You would never shrink. It was like an emboldening. It was a an empowering. I felt like a power that outside of myself was just being put inside of me, resonating through my body. And it, it was, um, I don't know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse telling you about it. But it was more real than this bed that I'm sitting on talking into this phone I'm holding. It was more real than anything that I'm looking at right now or anything uh, it was it was real and I don't know what it was it was my soul speaking I don't know we're alive people like there's life in us something made our hearts start beating when we were conceived and it's called life and life is out there life is in the water life is in the cells life is in the dirt life is in the lightning and the thunders and the earthquakes life is out there and it does powerful big huge things destructive things constructive things life growth life takes a little tiny sperm and an egg and it makes a human being capable of creating things that life is in my heart and it's making my heart beat what is it i don't know i don't need to know what it is but i'm not gonna shrink anymore because i have a mission and i'm gonna do everything in my power to be worthy of that mission and be a vessel of that mission and go and do that mission And I hope that you who are listening to this, who I don't know who you are, if you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. Get a vision of what's inside of you. If it means picturing the most powerful thing in nature and imagining it and then realizing and connecting that that's what beats your heart, do that. Find a way to figure out what is inside of you. Who are you? What is your mission? Because once you know what is truly inside of you, you will never shrink. You will never be defeated. You will never walk into a room and feel less than. You'll walk in empowered, standing in your power to be who you are meant to be. What is your mission? I'm lucky I know my mission. I don't know the whole thing, but I know what my mission is right now. And I will never shrink. On my own watch, I will never shrink and I will never stop working to define what it is inside of me because once I know I can do anything and once you know you can do anything if the same power that's out there that we witness and we have awe you show people pictures of nature you show them video of nature you when you see what just happens out there in nature a waterfall a butterfly an ocean we can all agree wow that's powerful and beautiful That is nothing compared to the power and the beauty that is in each and every one of us. Lift up your eyes. 
put your eyeballs into your soul and never stop looking at who am I? What's inside of me? I will not shrink. There's no reason to. If we could peel away the skin, the vessel that we all walk our souls around in, and we could see what's truly inside it, each of us, we would be astonished at the power that we each hold. But instead, we look at each other and we judge based on outside stuff and things like how much money do you have? And did you build a telecom company or do you just lead a workout on the beach? We look at all that stuff and we look at that stuff and compare ourselves based on that. No. What is inside the telecom magnet and the beach boot camp instructor is life and it is power. And he has a huge mission and I have a huge mission. And if we know what's truly inside of us, we will never shrink. My life changed in that cathedral forever. And if you feel like I'm everywhere yammering on Instagram and in this podcast, get ready because the messages that I'm going to speak and I'm never going to forget what's inside of me. And it is my mission to change lives by showing people what's inside of them. I want you to know what's inside of you. I want you to look in the mirror, look past what you see on the outside physical, inside of who you are. And you do that by remembering where you've come from, what you've accomplished. What has what's inside of you spurred you to do already? What have you accomplished? Have you given life to a human being? Have you spoken life to a human being? Have you put information into your mind to change your identity, to go out and do a job that changes other people's existences, that makes it better? Have you sacrificed to get something that you wanted and succeeded? Have you fallen on your face in defeat and gotten up again? You are powerful beyond your own comprehension. That's what I'm here to do. If you need someone to call you at 5 a.m. and say this to you, I'm your girl. This is what I'm here for. The power that is in me is the power that is in you. If you look at me and you see something good, the only reason you can see it is because it is in you. I am your mirror. And when you look in a mirror, the only thing you can see is you. So if you look at me and you see something good, guess what? It's because it's in you. So what can you do? I always start with, hey, I lost a whole bunch of weight. That's my entry into people's world because it's hard to lose weight. That gets the attention. Hey, I lost a whole bunch of weight. You know what that means? You can do anything. Anything. And when you say, no, I can't, I say, uh, I'm the proof that you can, because I don't have any superpowers outside of the superpowers that we all have. So if I can do that, what can you do? If you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. So after that, the rest of the day of sightseeing was lovely. I went on a Ferris wheel. I found a little little sidewalk cafe that the ceiling of the patio was all beautiful, colorful umbrellas. And I had a wonderful, beautiful salad. And I enjoyed the beauty of it. I got lost on a street of beautiful storybook-looking condos. I'm going to buy one someday because they're so pretty. So one of these days, I'm going to own one of them, I decided. And um, I found another farmer's market and I got more berries bigger than my face. 
and um, I was super exhausted by the time I got back to my hotel, but I was able to wear my favorite dress that I brought that I did like that made me feel like Kristen and I got to go to dinner with Klaus and Anya who had met at the wedding who are just delightful amazing people oh my gosh just funny and interesting and just world travel they and they just know so many cool things and sweet and warm I think that's how I would describe everyone I met there they were just warm they felt like home they felt like family they felt like I didn't just meet them um and then Anna and Katerina who I rode the train with were at dinner and we had this beautiful dinner on a rooftop in Kiev and um I just thought how fortunate am I and guess what at that dinner I did not shrink I was able to be me I was able to share what I do and my passion for what I do and feel like I'm gonna speak I'm gonna be the most Kristen I can be and I didn't shrink and I felt I I felt like me. And it was such a different experience than just two days prior when I shrank. And it, I purpose to never shrink again. So the next morning, um, I flew back home to the US. Really long flight, uneventful. Um, got back home. It was perfect timing. I got home about 8 p.m. So I could just put my little belly to bed. And get right back to uh, to life in Miami Beach. So that was my trip to Ukraine. It was super fun. It was adventurous. And I met myself. And I was infused with uh, that wonderful, beautiful message. And I hope that it resonates with you as well. If you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. That's all I have for you today in this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please send it to a friend. I know I'm more likely to follow a recommendation when someone makes it easy for me. So send them a link to this episode. And also, if you don't mind, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast. It really helps in podcasting world to get some traction when people share and leave reviews. So please do that. If you have questions or comments about this episode, you can find me on Instagram, Smith on Instagram. Otherwise, you can also email me, Kristen, at kristensmithonline.com. And check out my website, kristensmithonline.com. Until next time, you take care of yourself. And remember, if you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink.